Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Flames on a four-minute power play as Ryan Hartman was sent off for slashing. 5.42 left in the first period. No score between the Flames and the Wild. In the second period, Habs up 3-2 on the Hurricanes. Blue Jackets leading the Penguins 4-1. Lightning up 4-2 on the Flyers. Maple Leafs and Devils now in a 1-1 tie. Panthers leading Vegas 2-1. Of course, Vegas leading the Pacific Division. The Oilers are chasing them. Sabres and Islanders scoreless early in the second period. Still to come, Sharks and Avalanche, Blues and Coyotes. And the Ducks will take on the Tentacles at 8 o'clock. Curling, uh, Kevin Cooey. In control, fifth end, the Alberta champion leading none of it 6-1 at the Briar. All right, Oilers and Bruins coming up on Thursday, 4 o'clock here on 6.30, Chad, for the face-off show game at 5.30. And Bob Beers is a former Boston Bruin and a former Edmonton Oiler and now the uh, analyst for the Bruins on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Bob, thanks for hopping on the show, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm just going to dive right in here. Uh, the Bruins have won 10 in a row. Earlier in the season, they had winning streaks of six and seven twice. Uh, I, I got I to admit, Bob, when I looked up the winning streak, I didn't even think this 10-gamer would be their longest of the season <laughs> because they yeah. so rarely lose. What, I mean, what's it been like following this team? Uh, well... Certainly, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It's been, it's been a special year. I mean, I don't know where this thing goes. I mean, you know, obviously the, the the playoffs and the and the cup is it's it's cup or bust right now, especially with the, some of the moves that they made at the deadline. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I I, I mean, I, I I don't know what else to say. It's you know, you you bring back, uh, you know, Bergeron was a question mark coming into the year. You know whether he'd come back, and then he did, and then David Krejci came back. Um, you know they've made these trades. Uh, they they just they're. I don't know if anybody expected them to be this good. Um, I, I don't know of anybody that expected them to be this good. Um, and it's been just it's been a lot of fun. They're they're a good group to be around. I, I was around them earlier today. There, it was a there was a charity event. It was a ping pong tournament that they that they did for a while, and then the pandemic kind of came along and and took that away. But they're they're back to doing it again. Um, they were all having a great time. It's just you know everybody's happy, everybody's good, but. Ultimately, you know, we'll see what happens when the when the playoffs come. That's that's the real, you know, challenge for this team because everything has come together here in the regular season for them, no question. What, if anything, is the biggest change from Cassidy to Montgomery as head coach of the team? Well, look, Bruce Cassidy's a great coach. He really is. I, I, I think he is. I mean, um, but I didn't play for him. And I think, you know, some of the guys that played for him over the, you know, a period of time, it, it he was tough on them. You know, it, you know, coaches are there to win, right? And and it's hard sometimes to be positive all the time. Jimmy Montgomery's been really positive. And I think that that has been the biggest difference with some of the players that were affected most 
uh, by Bruce. So, you know, like I said, Bruce was great. I think, you know, the top guys really respected him, loved him. I think some of the other guys did as well. They just, they got in his doghouse and it was tough to get out. All right. And, so, oh, sorry. Um, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So, go ahead. Sorry. I thought, I thought you were wrapping up there, but that does lead me into my, into my next thought. And I asked this to you, not just as a broadcaster, but as a guy who played, pro hockey for a large, a large portion of his adult yeah. life because you know we, we talk a lot about systems in hockey how are you forechecking what are the line combinations what are the what are the the line matchups like do when we, when we talk about coaching in hockey should we talk more about tactics or should we talk more about the the vibe that a coach gives his team and and how a coach treats players when they have an off period or an off game, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, but I think some of it depends on your, your leadership group. Right. And and I think the Bruins have a real good one. Um, you know, I, I can't speak to any other team around the league, Edmonton included, but I, I see that the leadership group here in Boston is just, they're excellent. Uh, and it starts with Bergeron, you know, maybe that started with Charo years ago, but it's, it's Bergeron and it's Marchand and it's, you know, a number of other guys, you know, down the line. And if you start to hand that off to even some of the guys that are a little bit younger who are going to take over as a leadership group, whether it's McAvoy or, you know, even a Pasternak and, and, you know, down the line there, that it starts with them. And if they're buying into what the coach is trying to push forward, I think, you know, the coach has a leg up, right? So um, Montgomery is, he's just, he's been really positive. Uh, you know, you got to be held accountable too. It's not just everything's great. You got to be held accountable. You got to go through some video and, and different things and, you know, figure out what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right. But he's got that leadership group in that locker room and, and just around every day that's going to set the tone and kind of set the standard for what needs to be done here to do things right. I mean, look, you know, the guy from Edmonton, and I know Louis well, and you know, I got Louis DeBrusque well, and I got a chance to meet up with him. We were in Edmonton last week. I mean, Jake's, Jake's happy. You know, um, and I, I don't know. He, he played really well at the second half of last year. This year, he's been really good all year. He's been really consistent. He's played with Bergeron and Marsha most of the time. You know, he might switch around once in a while, but he's been with those guys most of the time. You know, uh, Brandon Carlo is really happy. Uh, Alina Zolmark is really happy. Um, I can go up and down the line. You know, Trent Fredericks had, you know, career numbers uh, at whatever. He's got 10 or 11 goals. You know, it's just even the role players. You know, they, they've been they've been happy and they've produced and they've reacted very well to a new coach behind the bench and a new voice behind the bench. Yeah. Uh, well, just an incredible season for Boston and an, inc- an incredible scene in that division. As someone who follows the Bruins, yeah. what did you make of that lead up to the trade deadline with the Leafs, the Lightning, and Boston? Because they didn't stand pat and say we rarely lose. They said we got to get better too. All in, right? I mean, it's all in. It's Toronto was all in. Six new, six new faces in their lineup. That's all in. Um, you know, and and I know Tampa only made. I think they only made the one change, I believe, uh, with Janot, and they gave up a lot to get him. But they felt that you know he could help them, and he, they've been all in every year. And Boston, they did the same thing. I, I think they were done once they did the Orloff and Garnet Hathaway trade. And then when Taylor Hall went down with an injury and Nick Foligno went down with an injury, 
they had to kind of double down a little bit, and that's where they added Bertuzzi. So um, it, it's been a it's been fun, you know. And then the team that was the number one last year in the Atlantic Division, number one in the NHL last year, was Florida. I don't think they did anything at the deadline, if I'm not mistaken. So it's it's very interesting right now, and I think it's kind of wide open who gets into the wild card uh, here in the East. Um, so, it, okay, anything anything less than Stanley Cup for whether it's Toronto, Boston, Tampa, I, I think is a huge disappointment, but there's going to be a couple teams that are going to be disappointed, no question. Yeah, Bob Beers joining us then at Inside Sports, Bruins analyst, Oilers in Boston on uh, Thursday night. I, I thought these two teams had a pretty good game last week, kind of a low-event game, especially relative, Bob, to the pace we see some games played at uh nowadays and, and i'm sure you, you follow the Oilers a lot um i mean they went out and got ekholm and bukestad who uh i mean i guess three of the four games since they got ekholm they've done well defensively they couldn't keep it out of their own net against the jets but i'll be i'll start with with mcdavid um probably going to get to 150 points he's already at a career high with 17 games left I mean, I know it's kind of the obvious question. I know you're talking to a lot of McDavid fans, but I am interested to see your perception of, of how he plays and how he can generate offense, and especially since you played in the league yourself. No, you know what? I mean, th- there's there's a handful of guys in the league that that would you know bring me out of my seat you know when you watch them. And McDavid is so much fun to watch. He really is. He just he's, he's on a completely different level. Um, when when you play against teams, you know we we interview the you know well this year it's Jimmy Montgomery you know over the past few years Cassie and before that Coach Julian we, we would interview coaches and before the game for our radio uh, broadcast and you know you talk about other teams and you talk and and they they say well you know we're worried about ourselves and you know we'll make a couple of little adjustments here and there and you talk to Montgomery this year and said all right so what do you do against McDavid or you know and 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 the top guys Drysaddle and and et cetera and they like literally you know they try to alter their game plan in terms of how they defend taking them away early making them go east west as opposed to north south easier said than done obviously because of what he's done this year and I think he had a couple of goals against the Bruins but it, it just you know you try to game plan against him and it's just it's so hard because he's so good um, I'm excited to watch him. You know, I talked to somebody the other day, and they said, well, they said, you know, I said, are you coming into the game Thursday? They said, absolutely. So if we only get to see McDavid once a year, I'm coming into that game. I want to see him. You know, and that's that's just the, you know, what he, the effect that he has on people around the league. I just, I hope people realize how good he is. I, I know that they do. Um, I love watching him. I love watching him on TV. We only get to see him twice a year. I enjoyed the game up in Edmonton, even if it was, like you had said, kind of a low. That's better for the Bruins, I think, against McDavid, right? A low uh, impact game or whatever, however you put it. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing him at the TD Garden here in Boston on Thursday. Yeah, well, and the Oilers have actually played uh, not bad in that building in, in recent years. So I think the road teams won the last five games in that series. I'll have to check that for the, for the <laughs> broadcast. So, yeah, well, I don't know if that means, but you look for little trends like that <laughs> when you're broadcasting. Um I want to get a couple of memories from your career. I mean, you played in the 90s. When you came into the league, it was a higher scoring league than when you when you left it, oddly enough. You kind of played through that transition. 
I mean, so you yep. saw, you know, Gretzky, Yager, Lemieux, uh, some of uh, Pavel Bure. Was there a player that you just felt like, okay, I I might have to take my lumps? And, you know, like Alex Petrangelo before Vegas was here a few months ago, I interviewed him and he said, look, I know McDavid is going to get my chances, so if he beats me, I just got to forget about it and move on. You know what I mean? Like you said, you can't yeah. you can't write up. Was there a player that made you feel like that as a defenseman? Oh, there were there were a lot. Well, you're pretty good. I was fortunate enough to be in the league, but you know, certainly not you know a top level guy. I mean, but um, I mean, I, I gosh, uh, playing when I was playing for Edmonton, I mean, watching Gretzky and Curry come down on a two on one um, was was pretty was pretty scary. Um, but you know, they were playing for uh, L.A. at the time. Uh, there were, you know, I mean, Lemieux was phenomenal in those years. Uh, you know, I was with Boston and, 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 um, excuse me, Pittsburgh beat us, uh, twice, uh, 91 and 92. And of course they went on to win the Stanley cup in those years, uh, in the playoffs, they beat us those years. Uh, you know, Boston lost to, uh, Edmonton in, in 90. I unfortunately didn't get to play in the finals that year, but, I got a taste. So, you know, th- there was so many top guys. I I always admired Stevie Eisman just because he just worked so hard. He was always in your face and he was so talented. He was so good. Um, and he'd kind of come around when that's where Detroit really started to get good, uh, you know, between him and Fedorov and, and, you know, players like that and go down the line. But, yeah, there, there were so many good players. But I, I, I do have a vivid memory of, of – of Gretzky and Curry coming down on a two-on-one, I mean, like, what do I do? You know, what do you, who, you just pray, just shoot the puck wide, or you just let <laughs> one guy take the shot, right? So, <laughs> I mean, that's like, you know, again, you know, it's it's scary seeing those guys out there when you're, you know, you're, you're trying to make a living, but it's uh, those guys are so good. <laughs> and, and, I'll, and I'll wrap I mean, up. Phenomenal players. Yeah, and, and I'll wrap up. I, I I don't think you ever traded at the deadline. You were traded in the first half of the season a couple times. Um, yeah. How you know and, and the the Oilers players touched on it last week that they were happy to get Ekholm, but Tyson Berry was a friend and a popular teammate. And uh, you know there there's a there's a human that has to move and uh, get into a new environment. How how difficult or maybe smooth were the trades uh, where you were in in your life and career at those times? Oh, Reed, it was always difficult. Um, oh, by the way, Ekholm, I, I was was high up on on a lot of people's lists around here in Boston as far as if he was available. So I think you guys got a good player there. Um, but no, it, it was it was hard. For I mean I, I I loved Boston and then I got traded to Tampa but then I got a chance to play in Tampa I really didn't have that opportunity in Boston for a number of reasons you know it was my fault or I shouldn't say fault but you know I was I was part of it and there were good players in front of me I just couldn't get in and play and then I got traded to Tampa and I got an opportunity and I got traded to Edmonton and I got a great opportunity so but those are hard things to do you know when I got traded to uh, Edmonton I my son was two months old and you know I had to come home from practice and tell my wife that you know I got traded to Edmonton and and you know she had to you know I left that night you know to to go and meet the team and she had to make all the arrangements for you know furniture everything else and whatever to to, to be moved and 
you know, and she's she's handling a two-month-old and a dog, and you know, so it's it's not easy. I mean, look, you make good money, so you know what the deal is. You you, you understand it. We didn't make that good of money then, but you know, still decent money. And then she ended up coming to Edmonton and you know joining me, and she didn't know anything about Edmonton. She didn't know anything about Canada, and um, so it's it's difficult. It's difficult, but um, you know what what helps is the the team has a good support staff and the. Usually the wives and the families really get along well, and they try to make everybody as comfortable as possible. And they certainly did when I got traded to Edmonton. That was that was, uh, you know, what what she remembered well, and what I remembered well that that everybody got you know took care of each other. So it, it was a good time. We we had we had a great one year in Edmonton. I wish it was a little bit longer, but unfortunately it wasn't. So, um, but that's when the trades happen, that's part of what goes on. And you, you, you don't really think about it as a fan, uh, but you know about it as a player, especially if you have young families and, you know, wives and or girlfriend, whatever, you know, that, that have to move and, and kind of get uprooted uh, with their family lives. Bob, I always love having you in the show. I, I was happy to get to talk to you uh, briefly in person in the hubbub last week of getting ready for that game. Enjoy Thursday, man. I hope we can talk again soon. I will. I will. I'm looking forward to the game, and uh, good luck to the Oilers. So always kind of root for them. You know, hopefully they can uh, get it going the right direction. Right on. That is Bob Beers checking in from the Boston Bruins broadcast booth. This is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30. Chad. McDavid out to McLeod. The shot saved. The rebound. Wraparound scores. Connor McDavid. He got it behind the net. Wrapped it around. You know, I saw someone that was competitive right from the drop of the puck. Played the in every situation. Um, they have a lot of young skill on that that team. Connor's at a different evolutionary stage in his his game right now and I think everyone saw that here tonight. Up the left wing side and out to Fogel. Now into the Sabre zone to McDavid. He'll look to the net. His shot scores! Connor McDavid goes 5-hole and the Oilers are up 3-2. We talk a lot about momentum shifts and that's an area as a team we want to get better at. Um, I would say this, uh, you're going to Connor and that's the finish. I saw a lot of really good plays that led up to that goal. First off, Connor defensively in the neutral zone was above his check, forced them to dump it in. Matias Ekholm made a heck of a play in order to advance the puck, and then what I saw Warren Fogle do, I was uh, beyond impressed with. So, um, you know, there's a lot of good plays that led to that finish, and the finish was all world. He's the, uh, the best player in the world, and he's pushing his own uh, boundaries and personal bests and, and those categories. So. Yeah, he's driving the bus. He's been driving the bus for a long time and uh, continues to push himself to get better. Yeah, McDavid, huge again last night. How high is he going to go? Well, 150, not out of the question. Maybe 160 points by the end of the season. Who knows? Okay, we'll update the scoreboard when we get back. Flames taking on the Wild and a very special guest in studio, Bryn Griffiths, Inside Sports on 630 Jet.